Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. I'm here tonight with Stacy Barger, and Stacy's father started the Barger line of feist, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, it really my grandpa. Okay. Well, that's why we're here. We're here to learn the history of the Barger Feist. So we can, we can go okay. all the way back to your grandpa. All right. But how about you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into all that? Well, I'm Stacy Barger. Um, I was born right here on this farm, never left it. Been here <laughs> on this farm all my life. 54 year old and I've never left the farm. Um, introduced to these dogs. I've, I'm four or five year old. We squirrel hunt, coon mm-hmm. hunt. He's been a dog here since 1948. Oh, when wow. they bought this farm, these dogs has been here. Um, didn't have no papers. Mm-hmm. Um, just dogs, five dogs. And Papa, he um, and my great grandfather, they they hunted, farmed. My dad was into horses. Um, he went all over the world. He had over a hundred head of horses here. He went all over the United States showing these horses. Wow! And uh, won the world championship with Appaloosa Holder Meyer, and he reserved world championship with the daughter of that Meyer. Wow! Um, my dad was it. Whenever he done something, he done it to be the best. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't satisfied just having something and he he wanted to be the best okay and, and that was like with anything he ever done the horses and then he got into these dogs my grandpa he'd always get me and take me squirrel hunting coon hunting <laughs> they'd carry the lanterns and all oh, carbide lights i mean i we we come up <laughs> just barely could see you know to walk with what we was carrying but mm-hmm had a blast, had fun, and I was hooked. Like I said, I was probably four or five years old, and we walking these old hills, and I was having a big time. I thought it was something, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. And um, my dad got in. He he sold the horses out, and he got into these dogs serious. Early eighties. Okay. He wanted to take it to the next level. He he wasn't satisfied. Papa had the largest line of going, but what Papa done? He kept seven eight dogs here, and he done he raised a few litters of pups for his own self and a neighbor or two. Never was really into selling pups. These these dogs started out um, intention for for us. Yeah, wasn't for nobody else. Mm-hmm. They. Um, they kept these pups. They wouldn't sell them. They kept them for our own self. We they tree squirrels, coon, possum, groundhog. They just, I mean, they're a meat dog. Yeah. That was the intention. That was the whole purpose of these dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, to put food on the table, really. And uh, that's just the way we was. We killed anything. We skinned it out and we eat it. Papa always said, if you don't need the meat, leave it on its feet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so um, we uh, 
Daddy wanted to get serious with these dogs. So, in 1985, uh, 86, 1986, there's a dog called Soli's Doobie. Won the world championship squirrel dog hunt. And it wouldn't do. Daddy had to have a female dog out of that dog. Okay. So he found one in West Tennessee by a guy by the name of Cy Tinkham. Had this dog. Her name was Miss Doobie. And uh, Jerry Soley in Texas owned this dog, the Soley's Doobie dog that won the world in 86. He owned him. Okay. And Daddy got, the, got a female out of him. And then his next thing was in 1987 there's a dog called Shel- uh, Shelton's Alex, Dr. Shelton down in Alabama owned that dog 1987 that dog won the world Nice. so he he was a sure enough squirrel trend machine mm-hmm. and daddy had this female she was a couple year old when we bought her, the little Miss Doobie yeah. so uh, he got a hold of Dr. Shelton and me and him, Papa, went off to Alabama and uh, bred this little dog, the Shelton's Alex. Mm-hmm. Story on that, when we got there, there was a, like a fence post there in Dr. Shelton's backyard, had a chain on it. And he told Daddy, he said, snap your dog on that chain over at that post. And he said, I'll go get old Alex. So he brought him out there. Me and him and Papa, we standing there, put the dog on that chain on that pole, and he brought Alex out there and he unleashed him. Alex ran over there and he sniffed around on that dog and she was in dead heat. So Alex sniffed around and he he took off like a bullet and went right to the woods and that dog sat down treed. <laughs> And uh, my Papa said, "Good gosh Almighty!" He said, "I never seen nothing like it. Dog leave." Like that, a dog in heat and run down and tree a squirrel. He said, that's some kind of a dog. <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah. That was how good that dog was. He he left that female and went down there and got treed. And Mr. Shelton, he went down there and got him, brought him back up there. And he said, I'm going to have to tie him back. He said, all he's got on his mind's hunting. So we ended up getting that little female bred. But that was a funny story about that. And. <laughs> that when we had those pups, um, my papa kept kept he they kept one pup out of that litter and sold the rest, and he kept one called Little Tippy, and it was I mean a squirrel trend machine. Well, about two or three year that dog, I mean he was really he was really doing it. So that they just happened to another guy that bought one of them pups lived up the road here from us, probably fifty mile. He called and he said, "Bill, he said I got a pup out of bought a pup off of you all that uh, Shelton Alex and little doobie female you had." And he said, "I'm needing to sell him." He said, "I'm not going to be able to." He said, "I'm having to move and I'm not going to be able to keep him." Daddy asked him what he was doing. He said, "Oh, he's a trend rascal." He said, "Best <laughs> dog you'll ever see." He said his name's Little Champ. Well, we went up there and we got him, brought him home, and. Little Champ now is in about every one of these pedigrees of these dogs that's been raised here. You can go back in all these papers just about and see Little Champ. 
That's awesome. And uh, he kept that line of going. And I mean, they was really, they was really doing good. Then we, he found out about another dog up the road here from a man called David Savage. Had a little dog called Cody. We bred a female named a Tennessee Babe to him. And he bought another dog off of Cody called, we called him Barger's Rowdy. So we brought them home and introduced them to what we had going on here. And they raised the pups off. And a man down in Georgia by the name of Mike McLean bought a dog. He named him Cool Whip. Mm-hmm. And a few years later, he wanted to sell Cool Whip. Daddy brought him up here and um, he sold him to a man in, up not too far from us, named Eddie O'Dell. Yep. He took him on and won the world with him two times. Yeah, he did quite a bit of winning with and, Cool Whip. Uh, cool Whip. And uh, then Cool Whip produced another little dog that's won the world by the name of Dexter. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Dexter dog has produced a couple of uh, pups now that's went on and done real good. Uh, one named Pigs won the world. And there's okay. another one that's... Uh, Done it. There's a there's a couple doing really good right now. So these these dogs they all started here on this little old farm. And but my dad he would he wasn't ever satisfied. They wasn't ever with all these winning these dogs. We my dad competition a little bit. He he'd go out here and competition hunt these dogs a little bit local, mm-hmm. and he'd try to get me into it. And I I just never was into it. My me and my papa was. We was meat hunters, yeah. and uh, we just we just like to get out and go hunt and have a good time and kill a few and bring home and mm-hmm. put on the table to eat. That's that's just the way me and him was. I never was into that competition hunt, never cared for it, never never took it up. But most of these dogs that leave here, there's a lot of people that you know it really likes that competition, and there ain't a thing in the world wrong with it. Yeah, that's. Um, but there's a lot of these dogs that's left here and just like me want to be pleasure hunters, what we call them, just meat hunters. Yep. And uh, that's about the story. I mean, my dad, like I said, he just never was satisfied. They wasn't ever a litter that was um, how good that litter would be and how how good they turned out to be as tree dogs. He always thought he could get better. Mm-hmm. He just never was satisfied with what he had he always wanted to make it better okay and that's when and when he passed away um that's just the way it, it was i mean he he died wanting to be better than what he was he he got put on that full cry magazine that cover they took the top breeders of the cur dogs the ladner dogs the stevens dogs mm-hmm. vice dogs they took the top breeders of all those and put on the cover of the Full Cry magazine, and my dad was happened to be one of them, and uh, that really tickled him to death to be considered among all those, some of the big names. And I'd asked him, I said, Daddy, why? I said, How, why in the world are you so tickled? What, what thrills you so much about being on that cover of that magazine with all these guys? He said, well, boy. He said, them guys is the Dale Earnhardt, the tree dog. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> I, I know exactly the picture you're talking about. And, and 
you're not kidding. You've got Robert Kemmer on there. You've got Carl Smith, uh, Kurt Ladner. Um, I'm trying to think of everybody else on there, but Alan Reeves. You got you got just all. I mean, anybody of, that's been in this of uh, whatever breed line of breed of dog, it's a tree dog. Mm-hmm. The best is on that cover. Yeah. And uh, Robert Kemmer, he lives, uh, he don't live 40 miles. Carl Smith don't live 40 miles from us. And them them two guys have, and my dad have been close friends for a long time. Um, they've traded a few, few horses, <laughs> traded a few dogs. Carl's traded a few mules and a few dogs. But we always, in that, that, with these dogs, we've always kept a street bred dog also. Okay. We've had the, we've had the river run line. Then we've had what we had here and we introduced them river run dogs into ours. And, um, we've, we've always sold a little care of the Smith streak blood in there of some kind. We've had streak dogs here, the boxcar, Willie, Baldy, little Baldy. Um, Magnum Force is here now, and and when he's twelve year old, so okay. when he go when I lose him, well, I'll, I'll just have to go down there at calls and find me another <laughs> one of them street red dogs. Cause Daddy's recipe was you mix you mix our dogs with them river runs and them streaks, and it's worked out for a long time. So okay. that's my secret, and I, that's what we do, and that's what we'll keep on doing because it worked and. I don't have no plans of changing it. We, I've, uh, I've kept, I, I made a promise to him to keep this line of dog going. He wanted me to keep it going, and but my, I'm the big. I was the hunter. Yeah, I always was, and my dad was more the businessman. He kept mm-hmm. the pups going and this that, but and I'd keep the dogs in the woods. So, I, good team. in order to keep my word to him, I've had to cut back on our dogs here I, i've got 12 dogs when my dad passed away we had 48 dogs Ooh. and they wasn't no way in this world i could run 48 dogs and keep up with them so i've cut back i've sent some to friends uh older females that uh, has been friends me and my dad mm-hmm. and uh they got some of our females and they're selling a few pups and but i've kept a few here we got 12 here and that's what that's about the level i want to stay at i don't want to get thumb down out of business but i don't want to get too far ahead either i want to stay about where i'm at and uh that's just my plan and we'll raise three or four liters pups a year and that's that's about what we're going to do i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my word from what my dad's done but let me tell you he i wish he was here today and sat here, and he could tell you so much more about these dogs than mm-hmm. I can ever. The man was a walking encyclopedia. Yeah. He could tell you uh, more about these dogs than any man I know. The, <laughs> I, I mean, he didn't have to look it up in no paperwork. He didn't have to go to no book. It was in his head. Yeah. And he, he knowed them inside and out. And it didn't have to be this line or the River Runs or the Smiths, Kimmers. He could, he could get off on these hounds. <laughs> he could, well, he, st- he, he could take off on these walker dogs. And I mean, just, he just loved tree dogs 
And he studied them, and he kept it in his head, and he wanted, just like I said, he just, he wanted to be the best there was. He he wasn't satisfied. He wanted to, he just wanted to get better. There wasn't never a litter born here that was good enough. He had to outdo that litter. That's just the way he was with it. And I guess it, it paid off, you know, because there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of good dogs here that I've hunted. He's kept me with good dogs all my life. I've yeah. not ever had to worry about finding a good tree dog. There was always one here for me. And I, but uh, the reason he started putting these streak uh, dogs in these spice, a lot of people don't like that. It puts too much size on them or whatever, you know. They, they can't hunt some of these hunts if they get too big. But yeah. the reason my dad done that, we combo these dogs. We coon hunt, we squirrel hunt, and mm-hmm. my dad wanted a little bigger dog. We got these coats and stuff around here, and they spin guys that just got a little dog just tore all the pieces. Yeah. And uh, he wanted a little bit more size on them dogs, but the real reason, we wanted a little bit more nose. Mm-hmm. We're out here coon hunting at night, and these, these little low dogs with bicycles, uh, more sight dogs, yeah. ear dogs, they, you know, they're going to get you one when they run up on it, yep. but they don't have that tracking ability. And that cur dog to put enough nose on these dogs to where we can, well, I kill about as many coons as I do squirrels now. We okay. just, I mean, I, we just, we do really well with these dogs coon hunting. And mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed that coon hunting. I've never outgrowed it. Yeah. And, um, uh, we, me and my dad would coon hunt. We would have to go out toward, Middle Tennessee, and there wasn't no coons around here to speak of. We'd have to go out toward Middle Tennessee or West Tennessee to coon hunt mostly. But now we've got coons. We're eat up with them here now. But uh, yep. the squirrels, me and my cousin mostly squirrel hunt, and we go out toward Middle Tennessee to do most of our squirrel hunting. These ridges here is just so steep. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's really hard to squirrel hunt here in these old mountains, so... We'll, we go off, we're an hour and a half, two hours to where we go to hunt most of the time. Okay. But, uh, sure, some dedication. It's just something I was raised up in, and heck, I I guess I don't know no better. And <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that sounds like the life. Yes, sir. But, you know, it's, it's something I've always enjoyed. I've, uh, I've got my kids, I've hunted, they've, they've hunted with me. I got my grandson going now, and he's five go. year old, and he just seen coon hunt. He <laughs> he enjoys it, and so if I can keep him in the woods and out of trouble, it's 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 all been worth it. Yeah, it's, definitely. Uh, it's, and then he also uh, I didn't mention, but he also that uh, Alex dog that we took down there and bred that baby dog female yeah. to. Uh, he is also the daddy of Mullins Tuck. Okay. So. Uh, we put a little bit of that. We went down to Nashville Thanksgiving Day. Jody Mullins come into his mama's house down there. She lives in north of Nashville. So Daddy had bought two pups from him, a male and a female. Mm-hmm. Jody brought them down there to Medicine Nashville. He's from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He met us in Nashville at his mama's on Thanksgiving, fed his Thanksgiving dinner there at his mama's. <laughs> and... Uh, we got two little old pups out of his tuck dog, which is out of that Alex. So, so we've mixed a, that was another way of mixing that Alex dog into our dogs. And we'd used a little bit of that Mullins. And, but 
that was about all the only mullins that we used. Uh, okay. Mostly the River Run line. We've had JD, River Run JD. We've got the uh, Don Price's uh, Black Jack. We've got just now he's, um, we had a dog here by the name of Troubadour Hijack, which is out of the Tim Cosby. Then that's when we started to getting our river run dogs from Tim. Okay. And uh, he'd have the monkey or the beaver dog, and we would troubadour. And now we got, I got a dog here now. It's River Run Line. It's, we call a boy named Sue. Okay. And I'll tell you a good story about that one. Tim Cosby and my dad has been real good friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'd sh- They'd come up here and they'd swap. He'd take home some of our dogs and bring us some of his. We we traded out dogs for breeding, you know. And mm-hmm. so Tim calls Daddy. He said, "I got a red dog, red pup down here, female that I want you to have." So uh, Daddy says, "Well, I'll tell you what I'll do." He said, "I'll send Stacy down that way to get him." He said, "Well." He said, I'll meet him part way. He said, I'll meet him out about Clanton. That's about the middle of Alabama. Okay. So uh, me and my cousin load up one morning. We head toward Clanton, Alabama. We get down about Chattanooga. Tim calls me on the phone. He said, Stacy, he said, buddy, he said, I feel so dumb. He said, I feel stupid. <laughs> I said, what's the matter, Tim? He said, buddy, he said, I told your dad that was a female. And he said, I wanted him to have that red female. And he said, I went out there this morning to get it. And he said, I picked that booger up. And he said, it is a male. <laughs> and he said, I feel so stupid. <laughs> so uh, daddy called. And he, I said, let me get a hold of daddy and see what he wants me to do. So I called him. He said, just go on down there and get him. He said, we'll make it work. It'd be all right. Don't worry about it. So he called Tim and he told him. So Tim calls me back, and he said, your daddy says it's going to be all right. Just come back now. I'll come on down here. I'll meet you in Clanton. I said, yes, sir. I, I talked to him. He said, told me the same thing. I'm on my way, buddy. So we pull in down there at Clanton. He's sitting there waiting on me. So when we get out, we said our howdies. And I said, Tim, I said, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I ain't never done this in my life. He said, I've raised dogs all my life. And he said, I don't know how I've done this. He said. I just feel stupid. And I said, but don't worry about it. It ain't no problem. He said, well, it bothers me. He said, y'all come a long way for this pup. And he said, it wasn't what you was coming at. I said, Tim, it's going to be all right. We're going to make it work, buddy. It's going to be better than it was. But I said, I'm going to tell you something. That dog's done got a name. He said, I named him just as soon as I found out about this mistake. He started laughing. He said, well, he said, let's hear it. And I said, well, you ever hear that old Johnny Cash song, Boy Named Sue? <laughs> I said, well, that's what that dog's name's going to be. He said, I said, his name's going to be Barger's Boy Named Sue. He laughed, <laughs> and he said, boy, that dog will have a story from now on, won't he? I said, he sure will. Yeah. So about halfway home, he calls me. He says, Stacy, he said, I think that's a great name. He said, I always have a story with that dog. He said, You'll think about me all the time every time you think <laughs> name that dog. And I, I sure will. But he yeah. said, I want you to do me one favor. He said, 
spell that Sioux like the Indian. He said, S-I-O-U-X. I said, Tim, buddy, I said, that's a good idea. So that's how old boy named Sue got his name. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. But he's, he's turned out to be a good one, and that's that's our river run dog now. And okay. that's, we keep that twisted in there, a little bit of street, a little bit of river run, our dogs, and that Cody dog. And we... We 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 ain't prejudiced. We if there's a good dog somewhere out there that we like, it we'll we'll breed to him and uh, okay. see how it works out. We just like I said, my dad was always one to try to get a little better. And if you stir it the right way, he you just might find that secret ingredient. So mm-hmm. that's what we do, and uh, we we'll know whether we need to keep it doing what we're doing or mm-hmm. try something different. Yeah. Now, when you first started, you said your papa had these vice dogs. What were the dogs like back then? What'd they look well, like? What'd they hunt like? Well, they were a red dog. And like I said, most of these dogs back in the early 60s, 50s, 60s, they didn't have no papers. They didn't know what a set of papers was. But oh, most no, of these understand. old dogs, they was just old. They was red fast. And then later on, uh, toward the late sixties, they was uh, some. They got some white fast. They was solid white. They didn't have a mark on them, and they was they was crossing them red ones and them white ones. Okay. And they would get them white dogs, and they would get some red, and they'd get some with white and some red on them, and that that shows up a lot in our breeding today. Okay. And. Uh, that fact, uh, just this last year, litter I raised here not too long ago, goes all the way back to that solely Doobie. Mm-hmm. That little old female that we got, Miss Doobie, she was a white dog, and she had a smoke mouse-colored spots on her. Now, that, you keep in mind, this dog was back in this these pups now's generation, five, six generations back. Yeah. Long way back. and. Uh, I read I bred dog I've got here now called Red Man to a female that has it goes back to Doobie that's mm-hmm. way back on her. And I had four blue pups. They was just as mouse colored as they could be. Mm. I lost two of them, but I raised two of them and uh, one of them went to Mississippi and the other one went to Louisiana. But they every now and then you'll have that just something like that show up in our dogs yeah. for the most part. You know, for years, our dogs were just as red as a red bone hound. Yeah. And that's the way they were. They was just red. And then every now and then, a white pup would pop out. And uh, we started getting more close. Then that troubadour dog we had, the River Run, he started putting a little bit more black in these dogs. Okay. We'd have black and tans, and we'd have white with black spots. And we'd have what we call a high tan here at home. It's mm-hmm. a, it's sort of a red dog with a black saddle back. Yep. We call them high tans, but yeah. we had a lot of them. Donald Barnes has got, he's got two or three of those, and uh, he's done real well with hunting. He's uh, down toward Nashville. He's had, he's got some of the best dogs around here. They're just as good, and those, those, those are high tan, what we call high tan. But yeah. Um, we got, you know, we've got a lot of different colors now. We with uh, some of the street this Magnum Force dog, 
he puts a lot of red pups out with the white trim uh-huh. or yellow pups with the white trim. He's a yellow dog with white trim. Yeah. But uh, with these red females I got, a lot of these pups is coming out red with the white trim. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, we got a lot of that coming now, but uh, we've got a brindle dog here now. Um, so we are to have, start having some brindle pups. We've had a few brindle pups along the way, but yeah, we should be having a lot more brindle in our pups now because I've, I've got a high tan dog here out of a daughter of Cool Whip and uh, an older male dog I've got here out of old Rowdy. And... Uh, He's he's at high tan, and I've got that brindle female, and I, I plan on crossing him. So we'll probably have some more of them high tans with the brindle okay. coming out, yeah, getting a little bit more into that. But we just I don't know. It's we we're color variety. We don't have <laughs> um we really it's in phases. A lot of times um, it's just funny how they come out. We've bred red dog to red dog, and heck, we'll have. Uh, a whole litter of white pups. Yeah. So it, it's just, it, they're just, it's things that's in that background, that pedigree from back there that just pops out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, you know, it, you think, oh, yeah. well, you'd, if you bet on, betting on what color they'd be, you'd bet this or that <laughs> because what you're breeding to and they'll, they'll fool you. Yep. No, color genetics <laughs> is crazy. And I, I've, I've tried to, learn a little bit about color genetics because i have leopards and merle of course is a goofy gene in itself and then you add in it's how it interacts with other things and trying to understand it i'm I'm not a geneticist by any means i i took a genetics class in college and i passed it by the skin of my teeth so <laughs> <laughs> well i know what you mean i i we just uh we just mix them together and it's just like Throwing a bunch of paint in a bucket, we'll see what we get. But our yeah. dogs, we we got what we we like. Like mm-hmm. I said, we've got the river run, we got the street, and we'll mix them together. And it's been working for a long time, and don't have no plans of changing it. Um, that's just what we do, and we like to hunt. And uh, you know, I I just I raised up with it, and. Man, I've just had the time of my life. I've, uh, I don't, I've got to, I like to shoot, I like to kill, you know, and uh, come back with a sack full. I couldn't kill enough. I wanted to, I wanted to limit out when I was a younger man, but now it, it don't bother me if I don't kill anything. Now I, I get so much pleasure just watching these dog work and, uh, hear them tree. You know, it, it, yep. it's the, it's the sport of it now more than it is the uh, the kill. I I just I don't know. I've got soft in my old age or something. <laughs> I don't know, but I have just as much fun now if I don't shoot nothing. I I tell you what, them dogs will tree, and it just it light me up. I, I my papa he hunted till he was eighty something year old. Wow. And he'd come pick me up, and I was probably 14, 15-year-old. And mm-hmm. now this old man, I'm telling you, he was in his 80s. And uh, we'd go out there and turn loose, and we'd just ease along, you know, and I thought we just you know, taking our time, easing along, and them dogs would tree. 
And that old man would find another gear, and I, it was all I could do to keep up with him. He'd outrun <laughs> me. I'm telling you what, he he could he changed gears when that dog treed. He was yeah. and he he couldn't get there fast enough. He wanted to get there for that squirrel left or mm-hmm. rode out or whatever and got in the hole, you know. But he'd find another gear and he'd hunt a man to death. But uh, that's the way we. I just I don't know. My papa got me introduced in it and and then my dad he we uh really got into coon hunting and uh when i got into the high school i wanted to, we wanted to coon hunt more so me and him some friends here that lives around home here boys i went to school with we'd coon hunt and we'd let papa do all the squirrel hunting and me and him <laughs> and these boys around here we was coon hunting we was going everywhere coon hunting yeah and uh, my, and then he got he got to where he got to wanting to hunt with Papa, and uh, I'm glad he did get to hunt with him there before he passed on, and got and many these boys around here we'd coon hunt, kept the coon dogs going, so we always have coon hunted, and then he, then then I started squirrel hunting more with him. Okay. He needed somebody to squirrel hunt with, so. I got more into the squirrel hunting than I was the coon hunting. <laughs> and then uh, this grandson come along, and he wanted coon hunt. So we sort of got back into the coon hunting here in the last two, couple years real heavy. And now what we'll do is we'll, I've got these 12 dogs, and all these dogs will tree here. I, I won't breed a dog here at my place. We won't breed a female unless she's treeing. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to breed no dog It ain't ain't doing what they're supposed to do because I don't want to put that out there for somebody to have a dog that ain't doing what they're supposed to do. And, I mean, you're going to have that even breeding good dog, good dog. Oh, yeah. I don't care how how good a dog they are. If they ain't took off the chain or out of the lot, they ain't going to never make anything, you know. Exactly. They've got to have the opportunity or they're not going to be anything. Mm-hmm. And that we've got back into this now. We'll hunt. We'll squirrel hunt to dinner or so daylight to lunch and we'll come home rest up eat a bite put two or three more dogs in the woods at dark and coon hunt that's that's about the way we're doing it now and nice but uh and i want to say this too the barger stock price my dad my dad put them to the where they at today um i mean he he had he got them registered he uh through the NKC, there's a registered breed, mm-hmm. uh, got them recognized, you know, and he put them on the map, he bred them up, he done everything he could do to make that larger stock price be a better dog than what it was. He done a lot of good, and I'm, I'm super proud of what he's done and accomplished. He was, he was very oh, yeah. smart and, and done an awesome job. And like I said, I, I wish he was here today to just talk to you. Because I have nowhere near, not even a quarter of the knowledge of dogs that my dad had. But yeah. I, I, with that, with that said too, we've been very, very lucky and got dogs into the right people's hands. Mm-hmm. People that hunted these dogs and put them in these hunts, or just pleasure hunted, or what word of mouth done more for this breed than anything else, I think, because everybody seen 
we people would come here and buy these dogs, and they said, "Man, we was in the woods and hunting down at one of these WMAs, and this guy's dog was just staying treed and staying treed, and we'd pick one or two up here and there, and this dog was just treeing all day long." And said, "Finally, ran into this guy and asked him, so what in the world kind of dog y'all got?'" And he said, "That's one of them Barger Stock Fives, and it it's just." That's the way it, it you know, it, it's just the word of mouth more than anything. It's, uh, yeah. people has went out and hunt these dogs and shared with other people what their dog has done. And then these dogs and these hunts, um, it's just, we've been lucky to get the dogs in the right people's hands, mm-hmm. people that would actually hunt these dogs and, uh, not just take them home and put them up in a, lot and leave them there or keep them on a chain we've got good friends um that hunts and that's got our dogs and we've got people that lives off i mean there's these dogs are scattered all over the united states we even got them in hawaii um there ain't even a squirrel in hawaii but these guys bought these dogs to take over there they made hog dogs out of them And, uh, they just, they, I mean, they're everywhere, every state, California, Arizona, they're everywhere. I mean, I don't know about Alaska, but they're everywhere else. Hawaii and (laughs) California, Arizona, they're, they're all out. And it's just, um, you know, like I've told people before, I said, I don't, I like a dog that treats. I don't care what kind it is, if it's a barger, if it's a river run, if it's a cur dog. I like hounds. Mm-hmm. I, I, we've chased these hounds through the woods. I've had hounds here. I like to hear a hound run a track. But uh, I'm just a tree dog man that likes to hunt a dog. And yep. I was just fortunate enough to come up into this line of dog, and I'm just carrying on a name. And um hope I can carry on and keep doing what my dad wanted and make him proud. And uh, that's all I've got in mind is just to keep going what's going and hope yeah. I don't crash it somewhere. <laughs> now it sounds like you got a pretty good handle on it. Now, you said when your dad was breeding, he wasn't afraid to outcross to a, to a good stud dog. And But did he do a lot of line breeding or, or were you doing a lot of just outcrossing? Yeah, we would. No, we would. One, we got, uh, he'd outcross these dogs. And then when we got the, he'd, oh, here's another thing. My dad would keep a pup out of every litter. Mm-hmm. He'd go down, he'd have five or six litters here at one time, and he'd pick a pup out of each one of them. And I said, Dad, we don't need no more. And he said, I'm going to pick me out one of them pups. And uh, he'd, he'd keep a pup out of every litter. And that's, we would breed we would do some line breeding, but we wouldn't get so close as we didn't like to get a father to a daughter. Okay. We like to be a generation apart or a half, half brother to, you know, yeah. or something like that. We didn't get, we didn't get right real, real close. We like to get a, mm-hmm. apart a little bit, but we would line breed them. Them uh, back to here now, I've got a, a, a pup coming to me that's, uh, going to be double Cody and double Magnum. Mm-hmm. It's got the, it's got them. So, that, you know, but we didn't, we never did like breeding, uh, real close and tight, Okay, but we would breed them, 
a generation apart. We just uh, we wanted a little bit of separation there. Mm-hmm. No, I was just curious. Some some people are real big fans of it. Some aren't. Like I said, you'd mentioned some outcrosses, so I was curious how you guys bred. Yeah, some people's had some good luck with it and got some good dogs, but I, I we've also seen some. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. They don't. I mean, they'll just bounce and run into the. They're just crazy. They don't act right and. But some people's done it and had very good luck with it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not going – if it works for one man and don't another, you know, that's, that's how you – that's how it, it, it's done. I mean, uh, some some people can do it, and it works. And then yep. and then the others, it just don't. We we tried to stay apart just a tad. We did. We have line breed these dogs, but we don't like to get tight is what, what okay. I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. No, I understand that. These dogs that, uh, the little feist, that's more of the eye, ear dog, mm-hmm. that uh, use their eye or their ears more than anything else, them dogs have their days. They, they ain't nothing wrong with them dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want anybody to think I'm a bad-mouthing their line of dogs. Them dogs have their days. Yeah. If you've got squirrels, if you've got a lot of squirrels, them's the dogs to have. Yeah. But uh, if you've got, we're scattered here in these old hills, and there's places that's loaded in Tennessee with squirrels, and then there's places you just gotta you just gotta grub them up, you know. They're, mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we wanted a little bit more nose to do it, have a little bit more tracking ability. Okay. But like I said too, we we coon hunt these dogs, and we wanted that nose more more for that than anything because we comboed them. But yep. you know these. These guys that goes down here, and well, like down South Georgia, for instance, where they got all these pecan farms and stuff. Man, them squirrels is just for the thousands. You can jerk a vine on a tree, and them th- them jokers will shoot out there a dozen at a time. Oh, well, them, you know, that's just uh, you don't need a you don't need nothing but what I was, you know, them the smaller line of fives to, yeah. to hunt stuff like that, but. And they, every dog has his place, and every dog has his day. I mean, uh, heck, I can turn these dogs here mine loose sometimes, and I'll think they don't know nothing, you know. And then the next night, I can turn them loose. Well, I'll tell you what they'll do, and my dad always told me, we've turned these dogs loose, and I know it was dang gum good dogs. And they'd make a big wide circle out there, two, three hundred yards, four hundred yards, and then they'd circle back another way and they'd be back in our, our side and they'd be walking, following us out by our side. And uh, they said they done made two big runs and they ain't hit nothing. He said, them dogs knows they ain't nothing stirring or they ain't nothing in here. Mm-hmm. And they'd follow along there beside of him. And he said, them dogs are smarter than us, boy. He said, they done know they ain't nothing in here. And then we could go right back in there that next day and try it again. And we could put squirrels up left and right. They just, you know, Dog knows every dog has his day. If them yep. if them squirrels ain't a moving, you you just spinning your wheels. You might as well <laughs> go to the house and get your fishing pole. Yep. <laughs> well, we need some good stories. I mean, you've got all these years of hunting with these line of dogs and your dad and your papa. Like, we need some good stories. Well, I'm gonna tell you one. Oh, my cousin that hunts with me. His name's Nicky. He stays here a lot and helps me. He's he's my my dad's brother's boy, 
And uh, he's he's about like a brother to me. I'll just be honest with you. He's, mm-hmm. We're that close. But uh, we went down here to place uh, squirrel hunting. And there was a big old creek. It's about knee deep. And uh, Nicky can't swim a lick. He could swim a lick. So we went down there. And we're we're going to cross this creek. We had on our rubber knee boots up their knees. Mm-hmm. And that creek was about knee deep. Well, there was a tree across that creek. And that creek's probably, uh, I'd say, 15, 15 foot wide. It was a pretty good little old creek stream, you know, there. Yeah. So I found that tree, and I walked, bounced myself and walked across that tree, and I called the dogs across. And I told old Nick, I said, come on across here. He said, I, he said I, I, I'll fall in there. He said, I ain't walking across that tree. And I said, well, I said, you're going to have to get over here. Dogs have done went over and got treed. I said, Nicky, get on over here. I said, dogs is treed. Let's go. He said, I ain't walking across that tree. I said, well, wait across that water. He said, it'll be over my boots. And it, it was a 50-degree, 55-degree day. It was warm. I said, well, it ain't cold. I said, you get over here, you can wring your socks out. It'll be all right. So he hit that water, and he started wading across that water. And I could see an old log laying down in that water with moss all over it, green moss all over that old log. Mm-hmm. And I told Nikki, I said, watch that log in front of you now. Don't trip over it. Well, just no more and got that out of my mouth. I don't know why, but he decided he was going to step up on that log. Yep. Both feet, both feet shot out from under him, and down he went. Plumb underwater. Now, keep in mind, this wasn't but knee deep. Mm-hmm. Well, he stood, he come up, and he was on his knees with his head out of the water, and he was beating that water, <laughs> and, a, and his eyes was big as saucers, and he was beating that water with his hands, and he thought he was drowning, and I kept hollering at him. I said, Nicky, I said, stand up. Nicky, stand up. And finally, he he heard what I was telling him, and he stood up, and he said, <laughs> he said I don't know why I didn't think of that. He said, I about sat there and drowned. <laughs> uh, uh, but we've had some good times though nick it's always something happening he's uh he's he carries a ball bat now to he'll beat the side of them trees make them squirrels move and we squirrel hunt we uh we get down there in middle tennessee down there in some big timber and it's hard to see up in that all the way up in there find them squirrels so we'll hit them squirrels uh, hit them trees with a ball bat and try to make them squirrels move yeah. so we could get a shot at them. Or with the, if the leaves are still on and it's early in the season and them leaves are still on, we'll hit them with that ball bat and uh, try to get them to move or we can get an eyeball on them to mm-hmm. shoot them. But, uh, I've never tried that, but I've heard it works really good. It, it does sometimes. I mean, it, it don't happen every time, but uh, we'll hit a ball bat. And I'll tell you another little trick we do. We'll get one of these water bottles and uh, – put about a handful of gravel in it mm-hmm. and carry it around our game bag and you can rub that thing on that tree, that water bottle, that gravel and it makes the awfulest noise you ever heard and a lot of times we'll get them things riding moving and doing that too, same thing. Interesting. We just little tricks we picked up along the way. Some yeah. of them um, some of them we've come up with here to try and then some from people that come here by these dogs, they told me different things. There's one guy come here. He said, if you'll take one of them green lasers and 
shine up in that tree and walk it around all in them limbs. He said, them squirrels will move. They can't stand that laser. Hmm. I've not tried that trick yet, but I'm willing to try it and see what happens. But yeah. No, anything, anything that works. Hey, hey, we're looking for an advantage. Any <laughs> yep. We've had some good times. We, uh, tune hunt down here on the lake, center hill lake. It's, okay. uh, it, it, it's like 30 foot deep at the bank. It's, Ooh. it's deep. It's, it's rock bluffs all around it. And it, it, there's, I'm telling you, it's 25, 30 foot right up again in the bank. We went down there coon hunting. We used to coon hunt there back in the eighties when they wasn't no coons here. That's where we was going to coon hunt. We'd put the boat in the water and, uh, we'd pull up in them big sloughs and we'd turn them dogs loose up in them big sloughs and we'd always tree coon up in them sloughs down there. They, they was just eat up with coons. Mm-hmm. So cousin went with us one night. We we had uh there was three of us in my our boat and my cousin took his boat and there was three of them in his boat. And this boy here, he's one of them that went with my cousin. He's sort of a heavy set feller and uh he wasn't very agile. He, he so he was at the front of the boat and my oh it was real rocky, right and he he got up at the front of the boat. He was gonna catch the boat so it didn't run in them rocks okay well when he stuck one foot out on them rocks and had one foot in the boat my cousin throwed the boat in reverse because he thought he was going to tear his boat up mm-hmm. and he pulled that boat right out from under that old big boy and down he went Ooh. and now this it was 10 degrees and we was about five mile up the river from the truck and the time we got home with that back to the truck with that boy he was miserable oh, he looked like a he looked like an ice stick. He mm-hmm. was he went from underwater, and I mean he he was froze to death. But uh, we it's been a lot of fun and a lot of good stories, and there's always something that'll happen. You knew you know you can always count on something going haywire somewhere. And yeah, but uh, I shoot man, he's it's just something I've always liked, enjoyed to do, and. Mm-hmm. Get these kids into it. That's a that's another big thing. I like to try to keep these kids interested in it and yep. let them have fun doing it. My that boy, of mine, he got to war. He he wanted he wanted to go, but he wanted one of his friends to go. So I we I said, buddy, that's that's fine with me. So, so anything to keep that boy going, I was all for. And yep, uh, I like keeping these kids interested in this and keep this sport going. Definitely. Um, you, you know, today, who knows where we'll be, uh, five years from now. I don't know where the world's headed. I don't And who knows? And yep. I'd like to, I'd like to thank, keep this tradition of going squirrel and coon hunting. That's, that's the way I was brought up and I've never been in any trouble and I've kept, I've kept my nose clean and it's my dad's introduced me to these woods and it's kept me out of trouble, and I just feel like that's a part of what's done it. And yeah, uh, definitely. And I, I try to keep my kids doing the same thing, and these grandkids now, I'm keeping them. I, I just, I'd like to see this sport continue on, and I don't care what kind of dog they follow, just as long as they're uh, continuing on with this. Well, it, it, it's a heritage. I mean, this yeah. this goes back to trying to feed and put food on the table for the family, you know, yep. um, where it all started. And 
they've it's sort of more of a sport now, but back in the day, it was a way of survival. Yep. Now I know my grandfather. He grew up in the Great Depression. He he didn't he wasn't raised with uh, tree dogs, but he said he had any dog they had. It it hunted something, and he's like, yeah, um, yeah, that's right. These. He had a spaniel at one point when he was a kid, and he goes, you know, it would tree some, and he goes, he said he'd catch a lot of skunks, and he goes, but we skin all those skunks out and skin possums, and yeah, oh yeah, we've done the same thing. I mean, we tree possums here, and we'd skin mm-hmm. them out, and we'd haul them hides down here at the end of the year and sell them coon hides and possum hides, and we got, oh shoot, we'd get twenty five, thirty dollars for a coon hide, and we was getting five. Five to ten dollars on a possum hide, and then the last <laughs> bunch we went down there. Oh, I'd say the late nineties. We went down there and unloaded, and they our, our twenty five dollar coon hides had went to five dollars a piece, and our five to ten dollar possum hides had went to a nickel. Yeah. And and Daddy told me he said take every one of them hides and take them right back over to the truck and put them in the truck. And that guy said, you're not going to buy them? He said, no, sir. He said, I'll take them home, and I'm going to set fire to them. <laughs> he, he said, before I give them to you, he said, that's what I'm going to do. So that's what we done. Yeah. No, that's a shame, and I, and I don't really know the right answer. I know I've seen there's kind of like a, a little bit of interest in making stuff or having stuff made out of their fur. I had a couple hides I took to some people, and I actually did a podcast with them. And they made coonskin hats, and that was one of my, yeah. my five. I have a five-year-old son, and that was one of his Christmas presents this past December, and he loved it. And but she makes teddy bears and pillows and blankets and jackets and vests and mittens, you know. Oh yeah, and I've I've seen kind of a little bit of resurgence in that in, in that people are taking their own furs to have stuff like that done with it, or they're just yeah having them tanned and hanging them on the wall or something. Yeah, that, 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 that's true, too. And um, I'll tell another little story, and I won't mention his name. We got a, a he's probably going to be listening to this, but we got a good game warden, buddy, and uh, he's been a game warden here. For, he bought one of our pups. He was hunting with us. Here in Tennessee, it, it, it's illegal to get uh, the squirrel if you tree it in a hole. It, you ain't, you ain't, you, that's it. You know, you're supposed to walk off and leave it, but okay. it, you ain't supposed to be trying to gouge it or mm-hmm. twist it out or whatever, you know, like a lot of people does, but we had this game warden along with us. So, uh, he had one of our pups he had bought here and he was trying to get it going. So dogs tree down here in a tree, and it was in a hole, but it was at one of them trees where, you know, you could get him out. It yep. was. You know when you you know them trees that you can get them out of, and you know the ones you can't. You might as well just go on. But this tree, we know, so we get this and out. So uh, that game warden buddy was with us, and they said, "Boy, he said, be good to get that out on that pup of yours." He said, "I wish you could," but he said, "They said I could get him out of there," but he said, "I." I don't want to do nothing illegal with our game warden buddy with us. And he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, I'll walk off and not watch. And he said, you have to get that thing out on my pub. <laughs> and we got it out. And that dog, he he was on his way then. And he said, next time we treat, he said, it's about time for me to take another one of them walks. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. 
I, I'm agree with you on the getting the kids involved, and I've been taking my five year old a little bit, and he loves going. He, he's not much well, on good. going in the winter time, but when it's not real cold, he he likes to go. Yeah, well, that's that youngest grandson of mine. He he likes that coon hunting, and we we take him squirrel hunting. And he said, Paul, he said, I like that coon hunting better. And I said, You do? He said, Yeah. He said. Ain't as much walking. <laughs> <laughs> Them coons, what we'll do coon hunting anymore? We'll we tree one, unless it's in. Now sometimes we we turned out just turned out on them, and five ten minutes after we've turned out, we've had one treed. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, we'll we'll go on down the holler and get after another. But now if it's a hour or so went on before we tree one, what we usually do is just snap snap the dog up and come on to the house after we freed one we'll just yep. ain't no use of going on and we just we'll just come back to the house but now if it's a quick one goes up real quick we'll we'll move on and try to get another one but but that's about what we coon hunt and he likes that it, that that don't wear the kid out and it, yep. he's enjoying it and so whatever it is it's making him happy at that it makes me tickle to death that's and cool. uh my dad, he it he it really tickled him when these dog people would come and get these dogs and get these pups. Uh, most of the time, they was a a kid mm-hmm. would come with their parents, you know, to get that pup. Dad, he he always took the time. It it really pleased him to see a kid with a pup. He he said there ain't no kid in this world that ought not have a pup of some kind, mm-hmm. and uh, he. That really tickled him to death. He, he'd get his picture made. A lot of people would take their picture with the kid and my dad. and um, That just tickled him to death for That's these awesome. kids. And uh, they, uh, a friend of mine down in Georgia, Brian Alexander, they'll have a big hunt. Um, he's, a, he's a preacher, a um, Baptist preacher down in Georgia, and he's got our dogs and had them for a long time. And good friends, good friends. And uh, he'll have a hunt down there, uh, and it'll be a lot of kids. They ain't never had the opportunity to do that or be around any kind of hunting or anything. And he'll take them uh, once a year down there, and they'll hunt a place and introduce them to the squirrel dogs and trend and shooting squirrels. And um, like I said, a lot of these kids that he's they had never – would have never had this opportunity in their life, you know. It'd just been something they would have never known anything about. Yeah. And uh, stuff like that, that, that you know, that pleases me. I, I really, because mm-hmm. I, I, I really want this sport to live on. I, and it, it's, our, it's our kids that's going to have to carry it on. And yep. um, so much more for them to do these days. You know, for me, I didn't have nothing. All I, All I had to do was go hunt that was my pleasure but these kids have got so much more to the games and computers and all that stuff there's just so much more for them to take an interest in um then you know i i didn't have anything to shoot if i was going to do anything it had to be done with hunting because that was (laughs) the only kind of fun activity they was but uh i like for these you know have an opportunity. Everybody needs an opportunity to see whether they're going to like it. Uh, they can make their mind up whether they want to like it or not. 
but uh, most of these kids, they like they take a shine to it, and they like doing it, and then it it lives on. So awesome. that's what it's all about. Definitely. Well, if you, unless you got something else, I think that's a lot of what I wanted to cover: some stories and some history. And no, sir, I don't have anything else. And I tell you what, I appreciate you uh, giving me the the time to do this. No, and I uh, appreciate you coming I, on. And I, I I I would have liked to have been able to have uh, told you more. Uh, like I said, my dad could have. I, I I would have given anything if he could have been here and told this story instead of me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really a. I, I'm not as good about telling a story or uh, sharing things as my dad was. He could, my dad could, he could tell it and talk it all day long, and uh, but uh, and, and that's another reason I wanted to do this. Like I said, I appreciate you giving me the time and the opportunity to speak and say what few words I, I, I have to share. But all this was in honor of my dad. Yeah, and uh, I I just want everybody out there to know that uh, this was this was in honor of my dad, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do it, it's and in honor for my dad. Because, like I said, if if it wasn't for Bill Barger, the Barger stock line would not be here, and uh, yep. that it, it started here on this farm, and now it's spread all over the United States, and. It, it, but it started right here in a uh, little old hundred acre farm in Harriman, Tennessee, and it's it's worth that today. And it's in honor of my dad, and uh, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, it's my pleasure, and I'm I'm just thankful that you were able to tell the story, and at least it's out there for some people to listen to, and you can keep this line going. Yes, sir. That's my plan. That's my plan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media, and until next time, keep them talking in the timber.